Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Wire People into that live at the Pleasure Chest in New York City. Stop, don't stop. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I'm Tina Horn, and Why Are People Into That is my slutty, kinky, queer as fuck sexuality podcast. Yes, thank you. Uh, so I've been producing and hosting it for going on five years now. You can subscribe to Wire People Into That for free on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for the past few months, the Pleasure Chest has been hosting Wire People Into That live here at the Second Avenue store in New York City. And uh, go ahead and come in and uh, grab some refreshments and a seat. And the main difference between the regular podcast and the live show is that instead of choosing one sexuality topic and covering it for an hour or two, in, in this about hour, uh, maybe a little longer presentation panel event, we cover a whole bunch of different topics. And we're also going to answer some advice questions from my Patreon patrons and give a little bit, we didn't talk about this actually, but maybe um, give some like gift giving advice because it's like that season or whatever. And then the other thing that is different about the regular show and the live show is that instead of one guest, I have two this episode. My guests today are Sloane, who works here at the Pleasure Chest. Woo! Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and Barbara Corrales, author of this book right here, Urban Tantra. Woo! So I want to start by introducing Sloane. Sloane is a queer intellectual working in the realm of the body. Great first bio line. Love that. They are all about practices of liberation, including activism, physical movement, art, writing zines, yes, living in sex radical collective houses, and meditation. They serve in various capacities. They served in various capacities over eight years at Mix New York City, the organization behind the New York Queer Experimental Film Festival, which I'm obsessed with. Sloan is currently a sex specialist, uh, education consultant, and life coach. So, how long have you been working here at the Pleasure Chest, Sloan? I've been here for four years, since 2013. Cool. Do you want to say a little bit about what sure. it's like to work at the Pleasure Chest? Yeah, it's. Um it's a great job to have if you're interested in being a pervert professionally. Yeah. And uh, I'm really, you know, excited about the education program. And I'm also, you know, really happy to work in a unionized store. In uh, the summer of 2017, we voted to have the retail workers union represent us. And we're really confident and um, 
enthusiastically pursuing a sex positive, safe, affirming space for ourselves, for our customers, like for everyone who comes into this store. So now I would like to introduce our special iconic guest, Barbara Corrales. Barbara Corrales is celebrating the brand new second edition of her best-selling book, Urban Tantra, Sacred Sex for the 21st Century, the world's first LGBTQ and BDSM inclusive tantric sex book. No lies. She, I added that part. (laughs) She has also written Ecstasy is Necessary, a practical guide to sex relationships and oh so much more, which is the book that I give every friend after a breakup. True story. (laughs) And Luxurious Loving and, and Luxurious Loving. I was like, where's the subtitle on that? It's just called Luxurious Loving. Barbara is the founder of Urban Tantra, a philosophy, an international community, and an inclusive conscious sexuality practice. She was named Best Tantric Sex Seminar Leader in New York City by Time Out New York Magazine for her Urban Tantra workshops and was awarded a 2016 Sexual Freedom Award for Lifetime Achievement. Who awarded you that? The uh, sex worker community in London. Oh my God, amazing. I love that. So Barbara already knows this, but this book, Urban Tantra, had a huge effect on my personal and professional sex life. And uh, I was, I've been lucky enough to have gotten a copy already of the second edition and rereading it for the first time in like eight or nine years. It really reminded me how much I learned about breath in its relationship to sex and mindfulness and self-love from this book, partially because I think it really appeals to and addresses my pragmatic and skeptical side. So if you're feeling like a like a pragmatic or skeptical person about Tantra, this is totally the book for you. So uh, Barbara, you, you made a believer out of me. <laughs> Converted another one. (laughs) (laughs) One of us. So, Barbara, um, if people are encountering urban tantra and the concept of urban tantra for the first time, can you explain a little bit about what the hell it is? (laughs) Tantra is a spiritual practice that began in India hundreds of years ago. The basic premise, the most basic premise of Tantra is that you can have a transcendental, blissful, spiritual awakening by pursuing anything that exists on the planet, anything in life. And that includes sex. Mm. As such, it makes Tantra one of the world's few sex positive spiritual practices because it says that sex is one of the ways that you can get that practice those revelations that experience of the divine and what the hindus would have called enlightenment Mm. cool that sounds hot it is hot (laughs) the intersection of spirit and sex is incredibly hot so that's that's tantra So what is urban Tantra? Ah, well, it's not hundreds of years ago. It's here now in a modern, Mm. tech-heavy, busy's all fuck culture. Mm. And the practices that were appropriate for hundreds of years ago that where you could, you know, take 
months or years and hide yourself away with a guru and sounds it just great. sounds, sounds like fabulous but not going to happen in my lifetime to no, me no so um is how you can find a practice of your own no matter what the rest of your life looks like and when i first came to tantra in the 80s in america it was being practiced and taught by well, the groups I found were essentially white, middle-aged, middle-class, um, pretty privileged, uh, new age workshop junkies. And I don't mean that pejoratively, it's just who was doing it and that's what you could find. And that's not what my community looked like. Mm. So I wanted a Tantra practice that included everybody. Now that doesn't mean that everybody would be erotically turned on by somebody by everybody else but that all our eroticisms and all our preferences and all our differences and all our similarities could exist in the same erotic space and that that was energy making not energy draining mm. and i'm pleased to say you know what, what what's that i'll paraphrase that cliche if you write it, they will come. <laughs> because C-U-M or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both. <laughs> and because that was my intention when yeah. I wrote Urban Tantra. To was make everybody come? To, get, to make everybody come <laughs> and to include anybody who wanted to be included, no matter, you know, what, what their perceived difference to somebody else might be. Fantastic. Yeah, it happened. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've defined a little bit about what Tantra is, but why are people into Tantra? Because it takes their ex the part of sex that most people love is the letting go, the freedom of incredible connection with themselves or with another person, um, the, the expansion, the, the literally the oh my God of it. The, and, and most people feel they want more, the, more of that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. they want that to go on longer. Mm -hmm. mm. And Tantra offers extremely practical, absolutely guaranteed, energetic ways to get you there. It's like yoga is a science. It, mm. Tantra is that kind of a practice. It works, it just does. It works because it works. It works because it works and it's not very complicated, d despite the fact that the myth is that you have to practice years to get it right. No, you don't. You, you'll, you'll feel a little taste of it right away, in my experience. Sloan, do you have a perspective on sure, why I people just, are into Tantra? Yeah, I just wanted to note there that in my classes, a lot of the time I like to talk about the myths and the shoulds, or the cultural shoulds and the way we think things are supposed to be that get in the way of our sexuality and our sexual liberation. Mm. One of the biggest myths is spontaneous sex. Oh, yes. And this idea that you know, we just are going to tear off each other's clothes and it's going to be so hot. That's or like, how it happens in the movies. That's exactly. <laughs> and also maybe in the very beginning of a new relationship, that may be the case too. But um, what I always like to ask my classes is what is it that's so hot about 
what we think of as spontaneous sex. Mm. And it's the the urgency and the presence and the focus. It's like mm. having sex where you're not thinking about the dishes in the sink the or having sex list. where you're not worried about like, uh, but I still have to get up really early tomorrow yeah. um, because I have a big day ahead of me. And um, it's it's not the the sort of illusion of spontaneity. It's the, the quality of presence. And um, people, I mean, people don't come into the store saying, I'm into Tantra, what can we do here? Mm. But they do come in wanting sex to be more like it was in the beginning of their relationship. Mm. And so Tantra is a way to keep that new relationship energy going? Or I'd, to return to it when you feel like you've lost it? I believe so, but I'm hesitant to say that um, we're ever going to get back the sex life we we had or like a, some some sexual moment that's in the past we have to think about the sex we're having now yeah. and the sex that we're capable of in this you know this real aging sexy body not the body i had or the the sex drive i had when i was or the chemistry age, or the chemistry i had when i first met my partner yeah it's not about restoring the past but about like what connection can we have now and how can we deepen that connection now and I think a lot of um, a lot of even the most introductory practices that Barbara talks about can help with that sort of energetic aspect of the the sex connection and when you get a taste of what sex can be now you're like why would I ever want to go back to that mm. because as we grow we progress on our own erotic evolution even if you think that you've been without sex and so you've been starved and so you've fallen backwards and it's you know and now you're going to have to start way back here no we keep evolving whether or not we're having sex with someone because we keep evolving and if we start from where we are now i, I got an amen on that one <laughs> and uh and in Tantra, because t we try to practice goalless sex, mm. no goal. Orgasm is not a goal. Mm. Nothing's a goal. We may start with an intention, maybe mm. an intention of connection or... What's the difference between an intention and a goal? How, how Whether or not you've got a death grip on it. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, good choice of words. Yes. An <laughs> orgasm would be nice, but it could happen in a whole lot of different ways or maybe just be really sort of blissful. I'm just looking for... And then maybe a, a, a relaxing time, an exciting time. I, I just want to connect with you, that sort of thing, as opposed yeah. to if I don't have an orgasm and it's mm. with my vibrator and it needs to last at least 30 seconds right. and um, right. it right. or it better happen while you're going down on me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Then there's only one possible way you can have a good time. Mm. And it's if that happens. Yeah, and probably you might not even have a good time when you get to it. It's just a control thing. You know, you'll have accomplished your goal, and if that gets you off, that's fine. But you may I mean, have sometimes accomplishing goals yeah. does get me off. Yes, to be honest, of course but. it does. <laughs> but in tantra, we try to go down the path less traveled and see what mm. might be there, as opposed to following the same old road every night. <laughs> so. Thank you for that. Oh my God. Now I'm, I'm thinking my mind is full of images. Okay. So, so the next question that I want to ask, 
is wire people into breath. And by that, I don't mean wire people into breathing, although I think we can all agree it's great. <laughs> and we would like to continue to do it. <laughs> but I'll, I mean, I'll, some people are into not breathing sexually for mm-hmm. a moment, but that's maybe... It actually would be fun to do like wire people into breath and then wire people into choking or breath play. But uh, mm-hmm. we could we could go there. We could go there. Sloan and I were just giving each other the eye. Okay. Okay. Oh, so, okay. So let's do it. So let's, let's start with breath. Wire people into breath or breath orgasms or being intentional about your breath and your sexuality. Well, a lot of folks will hold their breath when they come without mm. realizing. Yeah. Something I learned from my first reading of Urban Tantra was to breathe more deeply during and through the orgasm or be conscious of the breathing. Yeah, me um, too. Which can, you know, make things last a little longer, can intensify sensation. But it, it's not not only not only, you know, breathing more deeply in order to have a bigger orgasm, but also control of breath. Mm. Um, so that would be the that would be the deprivation too. Which right. creates another sensation of like the same as like when you put on nipple clamps and there's the clamp, it's held, and then you, you the big sensation is when it comes off when <laughs> you get that big breath of air. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, yeah, I really don't I, I'm like, nipple clamps are like a hard no for me. Yeah. But I endorse, I endorse other people's, you, I like putting them on other people. <laughs> but for me, that's like one kind of yeah. pain that I, that I don't like. But, but your point still stands. I just feel like I had to make sure everybody knows, don't ever do that to me. <laughs> I'd say that's a very hard limit. Yeah. Um, um, there is a practice because breath deprivation is dangerous yeah. mm. and people have died from it especially mm-hmm. when they were playing by themselves right and this there is like is the a whole auto erotic asphyxiation yeah. thing that um yeah. and it's a real thing it's a real thing and there is a Taoist exercise, in fact. Uh, so I refer to it as the clench and hold. It's sometimes referred to as the big draw, although that's a slightly different practice, where after you get charged up with a whole lot of breath, then you, in, then you intentionally, because imagine that you're like all tingling and everything's vibrating like all your cells and it's all just having a party inside you. And you then intentionally hold your breath and clench everything for like 15 seconds. No one's stopping your breath. You are doing it yourself. You Mm. clench and hold everything. And then when you let it go, a similar thing happens. You release all that tension, and Mm. it feels like the energy just goes kind of like out the top of your head and deep down inside. So it's kind of like a tourniquet. It's like a breath tourniquet. It's, it is. It's playing with, with tension and release, tension mm-hmm. and release, but mm. it's doing it safely. And, where, and, in t- and intentionally. And intentionally. And mindfully, yeah. And whereas, where, uh, yeah, just breath play with someone else constricting your breath in any sort of um, real physical way is seriously dangerous. <laughs> just know that. Know that. There are people who do it, but just know that. Yeah, and to jump in on the, like, wire people into breath play and wire people into controlling or having their breath controlled, one thing that I always like to say to people is that because uh, breath is so crucial 
for living. <laughs> um, and because we are instinctively aware of, um, of when our breath is going to be cut off, that the, the slightest touch or indication of restricting breath goes a, a really long way. Right. So like, for, so for example, you know, like if somebody puts their hand on my neck like this and even presses up like against my my jawbone instead of pressing on my larynx that that achieves a lot of the domination and submission and and control and and power the mind fuck aspect is so is what you're saying is so yeah. much a part of it and like i you know, when i when i was the dominatrix for some reason, many, many, many people uh, wanted me to smother them, which means sitting my ass on their face until they can't breathe. I don't know why this is so popular for me. Um, but uh, <laughs> but what I what I found was that even you know, and I have very I did a lot of squats and have very strong glutes uh, as a result of doing this in stilettos for so many years. But uh, but so what I what I <laughs> what I discovered through trial and error or experimentation was that just, you know, even like what they really wanted was my ass hovering over their face. Right. Yeah. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, you guys are like, we get their game, <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but just, just a moment of putting a little bit of like weight or pressure on their face and the, 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 the threat or the, the, you know, the seductive threat of, uh, of somebody, uh, totally, you know, cutting off your breath in that way was, was, uh, certainly sufficient to excite quite a lot of people and probably what night at least, you know, 90% of what 90% of people are actually after. And so the, the more edgy, dangerous things that, should be done with lots of edu education and can be done with lots of experience and education but like there's just like so much to explore before getting there so while while talking about intentional breathing also <laughs> talking about intentional not breathing so yeah <laughs> yeah i guess like making someone do a lot of the breath exercises that are in urban tantra or that you might learn at a tantra class or, or one of Barbara's intensives or workshops, making somebody who wants to have their breath cut off do a lot of breathing exercises would would be really fun. You can do tantric breath exercises by ordering people to do them. Boom. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the question was, well, I'll just give you the answer. Uh, <laughs> yes, when when you breathe more you feel more it's really that simple and when when you breathe more you feel more and one way to practice what breath does is when you're by yourself while you're masturbating focus on your breath i know that sounds weird but but you focus can also on do your this breath. on the subway i mean yeah. maybe not the masturbation part but the breathing the, the breathing part, part. The breathing well, part. Well, the breathing given consent. the way the subways are running right now. Uh, <laughs> you got to get, you know. You know, we could use the entertainment. List. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Another subject. But uh, <laughs> this is a New York City podcast. You can practice when you're masturbating. Notice where when you stop breathing. Just notice. And then it, it'll tend to be when you, when you think you might be getting close to an orgasm. It's as though we hold our breath to find it. Mm. Like. Well, you know? It is a control thing, right? And mm -hmm. 
if you then say, no, no, I'm going to keep breathing, it can, it can make it feel like the orgasm has moved down the road a mile. Like, oh, my God, then where'd the orgasm go? It was right here, and it, yeah. I started breathing. That bitch, she lied to me. It's Now it's so much further away. But in fact, because <laughs> you're going to say that. You will say that to me. Um, Barbara can handle it. <laughs> when you keep breathing, when you get there, it will be a much bigger, fuller orgasm. And because we have spent... Everyone's like, I would like to have that. But it yeah. takes practice because we have spent our whole lives... I believe it started when we were like, te uh, like you know, uh, 12, 11, masturbating mm. and quiet and quick rule. And, oh, you know, and also even when you're... <laughs> she was in church, she said. <laughs> even, <laughs> and even when you, uh, maybe you are older and you live with roommates, right? Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah. perhaps maybe you're you in a... Yeah. You gotta be quiet, you gotta be so quiet. you hold your breath. That's right. So it and it will. Take or you don't time. even want to be like you think you don't want to be. Maybe you're feeling shame, or you don't want to be found out. So you're like, maybe if I make myself really small, yeah. But it will. It takes what. There's the theory out there that it takes like 21 days, three weeks of of steady practice to break a habit. Yeah. It took me longer to break the not breathing habit. Yeah. So oh, it yes. will take it will take time, but it will pay off. And if you're if you're working with a partner, you can say, "I, you know, be breath dom from hell, and just keep reminding me to breathe, keep reminding me to breathe," and uh, and they'll do it once they see the the payoff. <laughs> isn't isn't it true? I just want to ask. You know, isn't it true that there are there is some pleasure for some people from restricting their breath, and that is part of the reason that that people, you know, develop an, an autoerotic asphyxiation habit because there's a certain kind of, of pleasure in it? Or is that just like totally, well, or do you think, think it's more of a control thing? Think of, of any kind of bondage, we'll just say. I would love to. <laughs> I didn't think it would be hard to any get you to go there. Any and every kind, yeah. When you're, when you're in any kind of bondage or sensory deprivation, but especially bondage, the fun of being in bondage is being, is is the amount of energy that goes on when you're moving against struggling and straining str against you, uh, it, yeah. against something restraining you. Yeah. So the same can and that can be a humongous turn on, oh. and that can be the same for breath restriction, but it doesn't mean it's safe. Wow. So <laughs> breath. So breath. It's inter I love that you're bringing this up because. It's interesting to imagine breath being a tool of bondage. I mean, it makes sense that it's a, a tool of control and domination and submission and power, but actually thinking of it as, as bondage helps you to then use your imagination to think of ways to play with it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly no harm in putting your hand over somebody's mouth and pinching their nose shut for a moment. Yeah. I mean... Again, you know. that, you know, that, especially if you're doing some sort of scene, like a ravishment scene or like a cat burglar or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah like you don't, again, you don't have to press on, on you should never press on someone's larynx, but like you, you don't actually have to like, like, ch like choke someone out or like get out of like a pillow to, to, to have that effect. If you just like put your hand over somebody's mouth, that's like incredibly. That's different. That's sexy. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's hot. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a gesture. That's a powerful gesture. That's yeah. that you know that's a different kind of breath control. That's more of a, a breath control. Mm. That is literally playing with breath. Yeah. But 
breath play that is breath constriction mm. is b- restricting somebody's breath up to the point of them either orgasming or pa- orgasming or passing out. And if you miss that fine three second period there, the scene is really and truly over. Yeah, and there won't be another one. Yeah, totally. So public service announcement yeah. about that. <laughs> Sloan, do you have anything else that you want to say on the topic of breath or the role of breath in 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 kink play? For as we we've obviously just like stumbled into a conversation mm. about kink. Well, actually, I want to uh, share this personal anecdote oh, about yeah. the microcosmic orbit. Will you get a little bit closer to the mic so that I can? Yeah, is get this, that. Is this better? <laughs> is this better? Yeah, and maybe even like a little. Sorry yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, no, that's. that's oh, yeah. Good. Okay. That's, oh, that's no, a way I, more phone sexy. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was practicing the microcosmic orbit for a number of reasons. The microcosmic orbit, which is a breathing <laughs> practice where you um, draw breath up from the root chakra, which is um, around your taint. And <laughs> does everybody know where uh, does their taint is at? Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this this word taint that it means it ain't this, it ain't that. Uh, also known as the perineum. Um, I stumble over the word perineum sometimes, which makes it difficult as a sex educator because I always just want to go to taint. <laughs> but it turns out people aren't familiar with either term. So. Anyway, the idea of the new a new term, yeah, yeah, Yeah. we should all just call it the root chakra. I'm sure that's gonna catch on. Yes, yes, right along with um, the sacred yoni fleshlight that I want to invent. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Um, So I was doing this practice, which where you draw breath up from the root all the way to the top of your head and back in a cycle. I had a crush on this person, and this was sort of hopeless. Um, but what happened was during my practice throughout the day, I went, I was at work and I went to get a cup of coffee at the cafe that was across the street and, um, there was a, a, it was crowded and I was just standing in line breathing and out of nowhere, this dyke came from the back room. The one that you had a crush on? No. Oh, and just another one. No, just another one. This is, this was, this was the universe also, you know, just being abundant. Yeah. Um, (laughs) she comes out gives me my cup of coffee, rings me up, and I leave, and then she's nowhere to be seen again. And then I never saw her again at that cafe. So I really, I feel like I manifested this affirmation of my my practice because I wasn't gonna get it in the way I thought I was. That's beautiful. So it was like I had this idea in mind, but no, it's not that that fantasy. It's this reality. Though. Oh my God, like, I yeah. wish like everywhere I went, they would just be like, oh, excuse me, and then just like some, you know, the yeah. person that I thought, was hot would come out and ring me up and then disappear into the ether yes (laughs) never to be seen again clearly you need to do the microcosmic orbit more often dina obviously on the subway (laughs) imagination so the question the question is how do you breathe from your taint okay well i just before we start that i just want to add though to that one of the things that helps me in my breath practice is to remember that respiration happens in every cell. Mm. So we breathe with our lungs, but there is an exchange of oxygen in every cell in our bodies. That is a good tip. The more you know. (laughs) So just imagine you can breathe up your spine when on the inhale, gets to the top of the head, 
tongue to the roof of the mouth if you want. Exhale and let it all fall down your front as though you could wrap yourself in an egg of your own erotic energy mm. and just keep that going. And then you can make it feel sexy. You can kind of do little PC muscle squeezes, kind of, you know, get some energy going in that root chakra. Breathe it up and around, up and around. It's really that simple. And then dykes appear and bring you coffee. And then dykes appear and bring you coffee. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So next up is why are people into massage? And let me, let me say that part of the reason that I wanted to ask this is that there are a lot of recommendations for different kinds of tantric and erotic massage in urban tantra. But another reason that I wanted to ask is that there are a lot of massage oils and massage candles and, and various other accrement sold here at the Pleasure Chest. And I think sometimes we might be tempted to think of that as like the floofy stuff, you know, the like, the like not you know, like, well, no, show me, like, the real sex stuff, or, like, show me the real, like, dark stuff in the back room, you know, and, and oh, well, th this is, like, for somebody who is, like, too scared to get a vibrator or something like that, but I feel like, actually, the massage, the different kinds of massage oils here and the different kinds of massage candles and other tools can actually be incredibly helpful for sensuality and intimacy and atmosphere and so on on that note i'm wondering if you can both speak to why are people into erotic massage or it doesn't necessarily have to be erotic i guess oh sure well uh, let me just start by saying that setting the mood is really important totally um especially as we when we were talking earlier about spontaneous sex I also want to, you know, add that when you're, once you break free from that concept, preparation can happen and you can have a much more exciting encounter because you're prepared and having some, say for instance, massage candles, which I love the concept of because a massage candle burns like a regular scented candle, mm. you blow it out and what you have is some hot wax that can be used for massage as, as a massage oil. Most of them are soy-based. They absorb into the skin, and um, the massage can make you be more present in your body, or mm. at least give you the opportunity to stop being in your head and pay attention to what's happening in your body, and that will get you to a better starting point for the sexual encounter or it can be an end in itself as well to just be present in your body because we have this one life to be in our bodies. So, you know, let's be present in our bodies. Nice. Um, that can lead to sex or not, but it's it, my, you know, sort of my basic approach is that it's better to be present in our bodies than not. Mm. Of course, there are some, for, some folks for whom there has been trauma who very rightly so need to stay out of their body sometimes. Mm. But what I, when I, you know, my approach to this work is generally that it is better to be in your body than not. And that kind of not goal-oriented, sensual, tender touch mm -hmm. can potentially be helpful for those who have experienced trauma. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara? It can be a great way in. Mm. Uh, um, 
to, for me, erotic massage, wh- by which I mean sensual body touch, lots of breath, and very specific, precise genital touching, all combined together, isn't a warm-up to anything. It's um, simply another choice in how we have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, penis in something sex is one or two kinds of sex out of hundreds of thousands. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And wait, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) There is a totality of possibilities, uh, sexual possibilities, and we tend to focus on a very small handful. And there are a whole lot of people who either don't want to have sex in the missionary penis and vagina sex in the missionary position because they've done it for 30 years and they're so over it, or they can't anymore Mm -hmm. for some physical reason. Or emotional reason. Or emotional reason. And um, erotic massage is... The, the, there are infinite possibilities of how one can relate. One can give an erotic massage as, as a gift. One can make it a more interactive experience. One can make it a dominant-submissive experience. It's, it's pretty unlimited. You can, you can also... You can give an erotic massage as a gift, like, as the masseuse or masseur, but you could also give it as a gift, like it is a gift that I'm giving to you to worship my body. Yep. So you said one's erotic massage to focus on the genitals? Nope. No. No. It's just, uh, it's a a combination in where to me, breath, sensual touch, and and genital touch is about equal. However, it depends on your partner. It depends on your partner. It's just that's just my preferred style, but it could look. But it it's like the genitals aren't the only concentration. The breath isn't the only thing going on. The sensual touch isn't the only thing going on. When you combine all three, you can have. Wow, the adjectives. What can you have? The, the adjectives. <laughs> the adjectives. The adjectives fail me. I mean, you can have experiences that are completely almost unbelievable i've had the most the most incredible transcendental moments i've had sexually have been in situations that approx that were more erotic massage based than anything else it can it's certainly how i've used it in workshops Definitely, I've I've seen it work. I I I wouldn't plunge into it with absolutely no experience or training. But if you go slowly and gently, and remember that the receiver is always in charge. Mm-hmm. You can't heal anyone. You can't fix anyone. The receiver is always in charge. It's all about what they want, not about what you want to give them, unless you have previously negotiated a do- dominant submissive situation where that's okay. I also feel like having an experience with a partner whatever your history is where you agree that you're going to set an intention maybe of we're going to set an intention of touching and pleasure but not necessarily of intercourse or orgasm or or anything like that 
the trust that you can build and the trustworthiness that you can demonstrate that you want to spend time with someone and be sensual with someone and explore their body and explore their different erogenous zones and not just like go straight to the wham bam thank you ma'am i think is it prob i think that it could have the potential for healing trauma but it could also have the potential for just healing the trauma of fucking being alive you know <laughs> or the or the yeah. trauma or the you know, point. or <laughs> or or of you know of of like having had inattentive you know not necessarily like traumatizing experience but inattentive lovers or mm -hmm selfish lovers or or overly focused lovers of any kind right and you know like uh you you might ex you might realize that you like you don't necessarily have to have a foot fetish to enjoy or explore your feet as an erogenous zone you might find through the exploration of a massage that you always really love having the back of your neck touched and so then the next time that you're maybe having intercourse or you know like a different kind of sex like that knowledge of like where to touch someone to make them feel good and to make them feel relaxed is yeah it's just you're you're getting all kinds of intelligence and information when you explore in that way so the the, the last why are people into that that i want to ask is why are people into orgies You guys are like, I don't know. I've never been to one. <laughs> the one of that one of the most one of the happiest days of my life was when I realized, discovered that group sex didn't have to mean ev fucking everybody in the room. Same. But rather <laughs> being in a room where everybody was fucking. Or some people are fucking. Yeah. Or, so, or some, people, some people are watching or some people are or like... Or yeah. where there was a lot of ero group erotic energy flowing. Like it's, in this room. It's, <laughs> yes. And it's sort of like, for me... I think that's how you instigate an orgy, isn't it? Yeah. No, that's actually. How, that's how I do it. In my... In my that's I good. It's gonna get. I we're gonna think fill good this group. group sex is super hard to do because it's not. It's it's not about. It's a. It's about. It's not that the sex part's hard. It's forming the group that can do it. That's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, finding fact, that, where do you find the space? You know. Well, that's secondary. <laughs> that's very New York City. New York. That's yeah, a I very know. New York problem. In. In, in the book Urban Tantra, I very specifically have, uh, I believe it's a 10-point how to have fantastic group sex without, you know, being miserable in the morning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with setting an intention, knowing what you want and what you don't want, mm. and having everybody agree to us the same short set of rules in advance mm. so that everybody knows what's expected. Everybody knows what is happening and what's not going to happen. And rules are liberating in this sense. They're not, it's not about restriction. I mean, I, cause it's kind of, it's kind they of like bondage, a, right? They you create know? a container. That's right. And th then you can like lose your, your inhibitions because you you understand the parameters of, of consent and desire and boundaries within your group. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, I mean, now, now I know what you're into. <laughs> you know, that is certainly one way that you could approach it. I actually think that's a great 
designed like a murder mystery. The suggestion was... (laughs) It's like a murder mystery. Uh, I'm sure they didn't hear the question. I'm sorry, okay. Uh, uh, The the comment was, so everybody having group sex has a role or a character, something they're doing or not doing. Right. Yeah. And and that's certainly one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, you could have a murder mystery orgy. I might have to... This is how I'm going to make my millions. But you can, you know... (laughs) Um, you could be at a group sex event and you could just want to watch. Yeah. You Vo- just have to Voyeurism make sure participation. that watching is cool at that party. Yeah. And maybe watching from a certain distance is cool. You know, there there's watching and then there's like watching, you know, like some, sometimes people think that they can like watch ma- with their hands. Like, like many years not- ago, <laughs> uh, a friend of mine wanted, she's a swinger and she wanted masturbation to be okay in swinger parties Mm. and it just at the time wasn't Mm. it was Mm. like if you weren't doing sex with another human being if you were just enjoying yourself it wasn't cool and she said that's not okay so Mm. she started her own parties where masturbation was uh you know 50 percent of the activity going on and there's nuance to that as well because and you can you can have what's that like live porn. It is. It is a live sex show. And there's there's also, you know, you can have rules, but then there's also ex- experience and, and etiquette and sensibility that you develop. You know, there is a difference between enjoying someone's scene, as it were, like as a show versus like masturbating, like right up on them and like, in, it, 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 like interfering, like in, it, inter, interfering, you know, or being like, this is really about me. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, so I think that, and I think that maybe that's sometimes part of the reason that people don't want to allow masturbation because they think, well, the only kind of masturbation at a sex party would be like some trench coat dude, you know, uh, like being a creep. And, you know, maybe that creep like wants to enjoy a live sex show and masturbate and watch. There's nothing inherently wrong with that if you give that person parameters for how to do so respectfully. Where it adds energy to the scene, not takes away from it. Right. What do you I, think? I was, um, I was just going to say that this is one of those areas where I think there's an important realization that happens when you realize that um, your freedom or our freedom is, we, so if we might think like, I do whatever I want, mm. whenever I want, Humanism. I have as much sex as possible, yeah. there's no rules, no rules to, like, no gods, no masters, I'm just going to, like, <laughs> fuck whoever I want. Um, and that's, like, a form of freedom, but... Um, the the rules that we're talking about and the guidelines and the boundaries actually create the security you need to be free. Mm. So um, instead of that sort of a, like libertine idea of freedom, it's more the idea of this is safe enough for me to be truly unbound and and, and explore what I want. You know, of course, respectfully. Well, I think that that to combine what you both have said, that this sort of like hedonist libertine attitude of just like I I like do whatever I want and that's what being sex positive means Mm -hmm. is actually freedom that is at the expense of other people's freedom or at the very least the expense of their comfort or autonomy. And so and this applies, by the way, to to two people. And I think that it could really, in a sense, apply to one. I mean, this thing that you're describing of like setting an intention for your your solo sex or your masturbation is in a sense a negotiation with yourself, especially if it requires, if it requires a certain amount of self-discipline, like I 
am going to breathe through my orgasm even if what I'm used to is holding my breath and I'm going to do it for 21 days because Barbara Corrales told me to. Uh, and and, and least, then there's definitely going to be a moment when you have this like mind-body split and your body's like, but I just really want to come the way we've been coming for a long time, you know? So you have to be like, no, that's not what we negotiated, body. You know? <laughs> and come on now, there's no such thing. It's like pizza. There's no such thing as a bad orgasm. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Yes, you might show your body a little bit of mercy when it, it wants what it wants. <laughs> it's like the, the, it, the, tender, the tender body. It's like that it tantra myth that, you know, uh, ejaculation is 100% forbidden in tantra, which is completely untrue. It, it's discouraged in some t- sects of tantra, some, mm. some traditions. Or like but, de-emphasized is but, maybe different from restricted. It, but it's, yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's, there's no such thing as a bad orgasm. So I'm allowed to ejaculate while having tantric sex? Yes, you are. Awesome. <laughs> if you want to. Great. So just to clear that up. <laughs> Amazing. So would uh, the two of you be down to offer a little bit of sex advice? I mean, I guess this has all been sex advice. Absolutely. To a specific question. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, why are people into that fans who are listening at home? So after this, Barbara and Sloan and I answered a sex advice question from a Patreon patron. By the way, if you are not already supporting the show on Patreon, you can check out patreon.com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N and pledge as much as you want to keep indie, queer, kinky, slutty, pervert media alive. And we also fielded some questions from the extremely lively crowd. And I decided to put all of that up for my $5 a month or more Patreon patrons. So if you are one of those Patreon patrons, check out your feed that is either already posted or going to be posted soon. And if you are not already a supporter of my totally independent, kinky, queer, slutty podcast, you can check out patreon.com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N to get exclusive content, up to the minute updates, early releases of episodes, and a chance to get to know me a little bit better. So if you want to hear all that extra content, check out my Patreon. And to everyone who is listening, just subscribing and listening and telling your friends about the show is one of the most valuable things that you can do. And if you are 
ever in New York City. We are going to be doing Wired People Into That live at the Pleasure Chest every other month in 2018. And I'm probably also going to be in California in the spring as well. So make sure that you are following me on social media at Tina Horns As. And if you are ever curious about coming to a live show or just learning more about the show, questions, comments, getting more involved, you can always hit me up, slide into my DMs, shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Much everyone for all of your enthusiastic participation. It really just makes the live element of this so juicy and exciting. But unfortunately, we are out of time. So I want to thank the Pleasure Chest for hosting. And Acast is my uh, uh, podcast network who sponsored the amazing live engineer uh, for the night, Mr. Ben Weber, up here in the front. And of course, my guest, Barbara Corrales. And Sloan. Everybody give it up for Sloan, too. So now, everyone, please enjoy your 15% off shopping and all of these new ideas and notions that you have. The store is open until midnight. And also, take care of yourself selves this holiday season it can be a bitch thanks so much for coming
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 